morning, my friends. Welcome to our Celebration Sunday. Let's stand up and worship together now. Waterfall, my thirsty 
Good morning. Welcome home. We're so glad to share this morning, this incredible day of celebration with you. My name is Bryce and I'm one of the pastors here and it is my honor to share the next hour with you, to share memories with you, to share history with you, to share the future with you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all the ways that you have already impacted the life of the church and all the things that are going to happen moving forward. This is such a special day and we'd love for you to let us know that you were here by checking in with uh, one of our connect cards. They may be in the pew, but they're also, there's a QR code right up there on the wall. If you're joining us online, there's a way to do that on our website as well. Welcome to all of you guys. But today is a very, very special day. And with that in mind, would you please join me in prayer? Jesus, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for the way that you've continually shown us just how much you love our city, you love this community, you love these people right here in this room. God, you've given so many moments of salvation, so many moments of restoration and reconciliation in this place. And God, we just say thank you. We come as honestly and as humbly as we know how, and we bring our offerings to you today. And we know that as we celebrate, though, Jesus, there are those amongst us that are in need. There are those amongst us that are in pain. And, Lord, we lift up those people to you now. God, we pray for Larisse Garcia as she's recovering from surgery. We pray for the family and friends of Christy Matthews as she unexpectedly passed away this week. God, we pray as always for Jackie Faircloth and for Jamie Atkinson. God, we pray for Sharon Davis as she recovers from COVID. And we pray for Carol Dollar's cousin, Patricia, as she's in the hospital and not doing terribly well. God, we know that you are bigger than the challenges that we face individually. We know that you are bigger and you are greater than those things that we even face collectively. God, we have leaned into for a hundred years, we have collectively leaned into how much you love us, how good you are, how powerful you are, and all the good things that you have for us. Lord, as we celebrate this place, as we celebrate the things that are to come, we just say thank you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Friends, this morning we have the privilege of celebrating baptism with three of our families. And as I announce them and bring them forward, I want to remind us that their baptism is a picture of the way that the Lord is leading us forward in faith to have generational impact with the love of Jesus. So I'm going to start with the Galloways and invite Kelly and Matt Galloway to come forward bringing baby Finley along with the godparents Kristen Connor and Garland Davis, if you'll stand with them. And then I would like to invite Maddie and Tommy Comfort to come forward with baby Ava James. And Short people here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and godparents Alicia and Luke Martin who are going to come and stand with them. And finally, Stephen and Lauren Warnicke are going to come forward with little Thomas Bennett, who is wearing the same clothing that Stephen wore when he was baptized. And little uh, big sister, Olivia, is going to come up with them wherever she might be. And she may have gone a-running. A That's all right. There she is. No, you're good over there. I also want to welcome... <laughs> Like, like, you know, never mind, come over here. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. 
I love this. This is such a family event for us all. The body of Christ is the family. And here we have all these grandparents and aunts and uncles, and we are so thankful that each and every one of you is here. So we want to welcome all of them with our applause. I'm going to say this more than once this morning. We are standing on people's shoulders that went before us in faith. It's the, you know, it's the reality of First Presbyterian Church as a church family. It's also the reality for these families because in all three families, folks are standing on each other's shoulders and generation on top of generation. And that's one of the meanings of baptism. You and I get a chance right now as these families commit to raising these children as followers of Jesus. We also get a chance right now to say, because of the momentum poured into my life, invested in my life from my forebears in a spiritual way, they now give it, you have the opportunity to once again say, yes, Jesus Christ, I am your loyal subject and I'm going to follow you with everything I have from this day forward. Renew your baptismal commitment now, even as these families together with all of us, generation on top of generation, celebrate this great and good thing from God. Yeah. So Kelly and Matt and Tommy and Maddie, Lauren and Stephen, I want to ask you all a couple of questions. Do you claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If so, say, I do. And will you promise to raise your children and to teach them about Jesus? Will you read scripture to them? Will you pray for them? Will you pray with them so that they will get a sense of what it looks like to have a thriving, robust relationship with Jesus? If so, say, we will with God's help. And so I want to ask all of you now, as the body of Christ, the family of Christ wrapped around these families, will you promise also to undertake the Christian nurture of these little ones by praying for them, teaching them in vacation Bible school, walking alongside these families so that one day, one day, Finley, Thomas, and Ava will be able to say for themselves, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. If so, say we will. Come on, you guys, come with me. Finley O'Neill Galloway is speaking generations, as is one of the other children. She's wearing a gown that her own mommy and her aunt were baptized in. Just another way of symbolizing that faith is passed down from one generation to the next. Are we ready? Finley O'Neill Galloway, daughter of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Aww. Her father started crying, so did, so did I. So I get Ava James. Come here, sweet girl. Let's invite your mom and dad and godparents to follow us. Ava James Comfort, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look at you. 
Look at this little guy. He's not going to be little for long. <laughs> All right. You ready, Thomas? Okay, here we go. Thomas Bennett Warnicky, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look what God not beautiful. Bring them on over. Yep. That child right there looks like her uncle, Robert Sample, does she not? <laughs> <laughs> she sure does. Just right Bring now. those babies over here. <laughs> here you go. Friends, I want to invite you to be the loving arms of God in their life so that they will grow up in faith and life due to your loving example. And may the blessing and the mystery of baptism sink deeply into all of our hearts this day. And all God's people said? Amen. Here we go. Hi, my name is McLean Murphy, and I just had a couple of announcements I wanted to share with y'all. The first, if you didn't already know, is that this is our last Sunday here. I think y'all all know that. But starting next week, we are going to be at Right Score May for about a month of worship while we finish up our interim spot at Horatio. And so we are so excited to welcome you to Wright starting next week. Jeff Mount has graciously given us the space, and we are so excited. But we also need your help, and we have a video to show you about that. There is audio. Never gonna let you go under, just put one foot in front of the other. I've got a faith deeper than feeling. I know a name that's greater than the storm. I got a God who never ever fails me. We do. We want you to sign up for the Rights Work Crew. So for the few Sundays that we are there, we're going to break down the space and set up chairs for worship and then put it back together at the end. We already have a team in place, but that team continues to grow and we would love for you to be on the team, for your family, for your life group. So you can sign up on our website and we would love to do that with you. Thanks. Thank you, McLean. So this morning is all about celebrating and giving thanks to God for everything that he has done in and through you and all those who have gone before us since 1884. But this morning is also about thanking God for the way that he is leading us into his future purposes for us as a church. So we are going to have the opportunity to express that in writing on the banners that you see on both sides of the room. Right after worship, I want you to jump up, grab a marker that you'll find on the floor beneath the banners, and over here, write what you're grateful for. 
Did your parents get married in this church? Were you baptized in this church? Did you come to know Jesus or go deeper in Jesus through ministry in this church? Take the moment, 15 seconds, to express your gratitude. And then over here is a place where you can grab a marker and express your hope, your prayer, your dream for how you want God to be at work, not only in your life, but in the life of this church as he moves us forward in faith. Well, there's more. Right at the end of worship, even as we're doing that, all these doors are going to open into the arcade, and immediately you're going to get served a delicious lunch catered by Created Cuisine. This is a business launched by the Ministry of Created, so that these women who have been exploited in the sex industry might study the culinary arts and be able to now walk in life vibrant, fulfilling their destiny and purpose as beloved sons, as beloved daughters of the King Jesus. You'll also get to have a piece of pie given to us by Mike Martin and Mike's Pies. His grandbaby was just baptized. And then when you go further down the hall, you'll see these exquisitely beautiful, frameable photos that you can order at cost. Photos taken by Kelly Hiro Masano of all the most architecturally interesting places on this campus. When you get your food and do all that, come right back in here to eat it. We don't care. Enjoy. <laughs> we don't care. Yes. Spill whatever you, whatever. Children, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but because it's holy ground, it's joyful ground, and we get to enjoy each other in here as you watch a video of all the most important moments in your life and many in the years and years in this church, and it doesn't even end there. There will be people standing next to floor plans out that way and up front who will be prepared to answer questions about the new church build. It's incredible. And for the kiddos, we have Jim, the amazing balloon twister guy. So that's fun. After that, after the very last song, we're going to ask you to make a move. And then that will lead you into the banners and lead you into the food. That move is everybody in the balcony and especially in the back, would you all rush the stage, if you will, would you all come forward so that Missy Weiner can take a picture of all of us from the balcony? This would be before you go get children that are back there. Would you be willing to do that so we can have that picture forever? Yes? Yes. I need a yes from the balcony too. Got it. Thank you. Friends, we're all here because a small group of people gathered in 1884 in Ida Hale's living room and said yes to God's invitation to give him their talent, their time, and their resources boldly and sacrificially. You have been just as bold, just as sacrificial, resulting in the hope of Jesus becoming real to people in this city and beyond. So here are five ways that you can continue to give back to God, making sure that the love and hope of Jesus impacts even more lives. And my prayer is that this 
will bring you so much joy. Thank you.
1884, we stand on the shoulders of Ida Hale, 
who you have heard already felt called to scatter faith in the little town of Tampa, right here, right downtown, and so a congregation was founded. 1884, that's 137 years ago. You with me? That's 62 years before Florida State started playing football. <laughs> they quit Wednesday of last week. <laughs> so I just want you to know me. I am miserable. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not kidding. So Kathy this morning, we, we pray for each other like you do about all kinds of things. But on Sundays, when the one, the one who's preaching, Kathy, it's usually me. So Kathy usually says, may I pray for you? And I, and, she, and I say, of course. And she literally puts her hands on me and prays for me. This morning she goes, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be able to do it? <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just telling you, this really, really bothers me. Maybe it bothers some of the rest of us in here. Yeah, so they canceled football. They're just going to do basketball for the rest of them. <laughs> Back to Ida Hale. She responded, but you know what? She was standing on someone's shoulders. She had to be because faith, she was invested in and invited to engage in a loyal, trusting relationship with her king, Jesus. And so those folks, they started, as Kathy said, in her living room. They started just a few people, but that's not where they stopped. They, they identified themselves as people who wanted to be able to gather together and share and refresh and refuel and, re and rebuild and then scatter to invest in and invite. And that's what we're still doing today, standing on other people's shoulders. Every single person in this room is standing on the shoulders of the spiritual forebears that got you where you are. You did not do this on your own. You did not create yourself. I did not make myself. I benefit from people having invested in me and inviting me into a dynamic relationship with the Almighty God of the universe. All of us have that in front of us. There are some people in the room on whose shoulders you stand. And I'm going to say a couple of things about a few of them. And I didn't ask any of them their permission. And to a person, they don't like it. One is Joanne Harvey sitting over here. And she's in the corner. And when I saw Joanne this morning and she saw me, I, I burst into tears. And so did she. Joanne, here's what Joanne does. She prays all the time. And she keeps lists. This woman literally has the gift of prayer. You're standing on her shoulders. And then you know what? You better do it the way she did it. You go and invest and you go and invite because that's what Joanne and so many others have done. In the room is Dottie Womble. Can you hear me, Dottie? Yes, you can. On October 12th, Dottie will be 102 years old. She, she doesn't hear well anymore. But one of the things that Dottie really loves is Christian music. And she's a fan. She gave of herself, and particularly at making sure that music happened. Bobby Chappie is in the room somewhere. Bobby, you don't need to raise your hand or anything, but she's in here. 
Bobby Chappie is a gentle, kind, patient, and understanding person. And that's how she treated her, her friends here. And you're standing on her shoulders. Sally Hill is in the room. You're standing on Sally's shoulders. And Sally is still an active leader in the church on the session. Here's one of the things that Sally Hill is. She is as tough as nails. And Sally Hill is also forward-thinking. And we stand on the shoulders of these people, but just let me look down to say some names of some people who are no longer living here but live in the presence of God who are part of the legacy of this church. You're gonna, I'm just going to look down because I have them written down. Sally's husband, Lewis Hill. Sarah Sansbury. I just wrote these down just to, to, to bang, bang, bang. They came just like this to me. Margie Graham. Myron Gibbons. Sam Gibbons, Jim and Laurel Linfesty, Ralph Dell, Ben and Helen Hill. I don't have time to set just all the names of people who are friends of mine as I stand on their shoulders as the pastor. This is year 24 for me and all of these people but Myron and Sam Gibbons. Neither of those did I know, but everybody else, a part of my life here at this church. And so, friends, God is building, and this is the last, the seventh of our series called Built. God is building a family that stands the test of time. And you and I are the beneficiaries of those that went before us. But guess what? We can reach into the future by continuing to do what we do together as a family. And what we do together as a family and what God's family has always done, God the Father, which means we're sons and daughters, which means we're brothers and sisters. You're a family. What we do together is we gather and we worship like this in large groups and we meet to do mission and ministry and we also meet in small groups. Back then they called it Sunday school. Today we call it life groups. And we talk and we share and they're in groups that are small enough where we can really get down into the realities of our lives. And so we gather and in those gatherings we're refueled and refreshed and restored. And then we scatter to invest in relationships and invite people into the kinds of relationships and environments we're enjoying and growing in. That's what we do. Gather, scatter, gather, scatter. And they've been doing it a long time. Did you know that the people who were First Presbyterian Church, they started three other Presbyterian churches for sure. They launched Hyde Park Presbyterian Church. They launched Palmasia Presbyterian Church. And they launched Tim's Memorial out in Lutz, which has a new name now. But why did they do that? Because they knew that what God wanted us to do was grow the family bigger. We call it church planting today. Back, back in those days, they called it starting a church. There are people in the room right now who were formed as kids in this church. Raise your hands. Look around. Just keep them up, please. Keep them up. You can see some people who are kind of young looking, but there's a couple of gray heads in here too. You see them? So this is, what, this is what God is doing. And God is always going to be building a family. And that's what church is. 
church is a family that stands the test of time. Just a couple more little history things before we dig into this fantastic text. This building was built in 1922. Just so you know, this building, this piece, this sanctuary, it's staying. And there's 37 floors of apartments going around it. And the, the apartment builder said to Kathy, I just want you to know when we get ready, we don't want to do, it, we don't want to do anything that dishonors this building. And you all, a bunch of you asked me, can you have everything in it? And the answer is no. <laughs> the stained glass, you all want it. Well, Noah wants it too, and Noah owns it. <laughs> so we can't take stuff like that that's all bolted down in a part of the construction. And we believe me, if you want to know what's been asked for and what he said yes or no to, just ask Kathy Connor after the worship service, and she'll tell you what Noah has said yes you can have and what Noah said. Well, no, that's a part of the building. You can't have the wall. You can't have the balcony. <laughs> People wanted it, though. The next thing that happened, a couple of iterations, the, the, the congregation built a wooden, traditional-looking church building with a big steeple. But guess where it was? Right over there where the Meridian Hotel is. I'm telling you the truth. Right over there. And in about 1902, the government said, no, you can't have that property anymore. We're going to build a post office or a courthouse on it. And guess what they did? They put that wooden building on rollers and rolled it right here and turn around and face the back street that way. And that wooden church building was here until this was built in 1922. In 1922, they took that wooden church building, rolled it back there, which is where they did Sunday school. And then in 1949, they said, that building ain't big enough, so they built the buildings that are back there now. So they've been back there since 1949, 1952. Just a little history. And we're about to build a new one. But you know what? The family is what is in it. The house becomes a home when a family is in it. And this is a home because the family is in it. Lots of great stuff has happened in this home because God is at work in this home. But it's because God is at work in your lives. God is making a family, and we stand together and on top of people, and we also have our arms out, reached into the future, making it possible for the people that don't even know it yet to fall in love with Jesus Christ and become people who in scatter and gather and invest and invite. Man, illustrated in so many ways this morning. You know what? There's a great text that help us understand this. It's from Matthew. It's from the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Here it comes up on the wall. It's just going to stay with us for a while. You ready? Let's do this. We're going to gather and scatter and gather and scatter. Why? Because what we're going about to read is true. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. I'm going to repeat it. You are the light of the world. And by the way, in Greek, the you is intensive and it's plural. It's a family we do it together. It's not singular. Our automatic reaction is to think that these things are singular. They're not. The Bible is a family book. And when God speaks to us, certainly he speaks to us as individuals. But the you here, it's so important to catch it. It's about an us. We is much greater than me. We are the light of the world. Now, there are a couple of things I want you to understand about that. One is, that's our identity. You are the light of the world. You, you didn't, that's just who you are. God made you that way when you decided to be a Jesus follower. 
You are the light of the world. That's your identity. That's, we have identity confusion going on in our culture. And people don't know where to start. Here's where we start. Made in God's image. And we are, if we're following Jesus, we are light also. Because God, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 says, Let there be what? Light. And then Jesus said, I am the light in John chapter 8. And now Jesus is saying to us, we are the light. Not because of anything we did. It's our identity. It's who we are. It's how we were made. And as we're going to see, we have a job to do. That's our identity. It's also our purpose. It's our job description. To lighten up our neighborhood. That's what we do. As a family, over generations, we light into dark places not because of us but because of God so you are the light of the world and then Jesus says Jesus says all right let me see if I can illustrate it for you he says this a city on a hill cannot be hidden and what he means by that is he's looking across the lake some of you have been over there and he sees this big city across the lake and he says you're the light of the world and I know y'all aren't very bright, he would say to his people, because they typically weren't. He'd go, see that over there, that city? It couldn't hide if it wanted to. It's the givenness of light is what Jesus is saying. It's like a city that's bright and lit up. It's see it across the lake. You see the reflections. Think of going across a bridge in, at nighttime in Tampa. The buildings can't hide. There they are. So that's the givenness. He says a city on a hill can't be hidden. And then he says this. And, and here's another example he says. And this is more about, not the givenness, but it's more about us to, to deciding how we're going to live our lives. People do not light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. Now, you need to put aside your understanding of homes and uh, appliances. In the first century, in the eastern Mediterranean, in Israel, people lived and lived in little tiny houses. Some of you have been there. When I say tiny, I mean, let me back up, maybe from here to the edge of the step, and maybe from that little stand to this little stand. Tiny. And they still live in little bitty houses like that in Africa and the places I've been in. Little tiny house, and guess what they didn't have? Electricity. Guess what they did? They didn't have a bunch of furniture. They had a single bowl. Here it says a, a lamp. It would have been a bowl, probably clay, and it would have been olive oil, and in it a wick, and they would light it, and they put it on a stand because that was it. As soon as the sun went down, that was their light. And so what, what Jesus is saying is it's a given that you can't hide light, like that city over there, but he's also saying, why would you choose to hide it? It's the only way you're going to be able to see. That's who we are. We are, it's a given, but it's also intentionality. We're choosing to be people who can be seen. We are the light of the world, our identity and our job description. It's who we are and it's what we do. It, you like French? Raison d'etre. I don't do French, but I can say raison d'etre. That's who we are and that's what we do and that's why we do it. We are the light of the world. You would never choose to cover up the one lamp you have in your house. You just wouldn't do it. And Jesus doesn't want you to. Now, what's the takeaway? We're the light of the world. Here's two illustrations. 
they help us to understand that it's sort of the nature of things. We can't, it couldn't be any other way. We can't hide it. But also we would never choose to hide it. In fact, we need it. It's high function is to keep everything out of the darkness. Look at verse 16. This is the takeaway. Why does Jesus want us to understand our identity? And why does Jesus want us to then sign on for the job description? It's because let your light shine before others. Why? So that the intention is that they may see the good that you're doing and what happens next. Yay, God! And glorify your Father who is in heaven. Wow, what a job. And just think of the beauty as we think about the forebears in our spiritual life. You were and I, I was spiritually dead and then I'm spiritually alive. That's what happened to me. That's what's happening to you. That's what they gave me when I stood on their shoulders and encountered Jesus Christ and said, okay, I want to be your follower. That's what happened. And light breaks into my life. And light breaks into your life. And things that were dark are lit up now. Things that were dead are alive. Things that were lost are now found. That's what happens. And Jesus is really saying this, friends. He's saying, without us, what's the world going to do? We're plan A, the family of God. And I don't think there's a plan B. We have the givenness, the identity of being sons and daughters of the king. Therefore, we shine the light that God puts in us because we're connected to Jesus Christ. And then we have a job to do, which is to get out there and get amongst them. And we gather to be put back together again because it's rough. And we need healing. And we need a place to rest and refuel. And then, bam, out we go again. But then we got to gather again. And then, bam, we go out again. We can't wait. You can't wait to get after them. I want you to be just charging out of here. I want you to want so much to go and be someone's light by loving them well. You don't, have to, you don't have to preach at them and yell at them. You just love them well. Our mission is to be the gift of light. That's who we are. That's what we do. To who? Our city. Your neighborhood. Your home. Your golf buddies. Your family. That's where we do it. We don't do new stuff. We do what we already do, and we do it differently. That's how I think God wants us. I want to speak to people, if there are folks who aren't sure, if you're just not certain that you are a Jesus follower, a disciple of Jesus, an apprentice of Jesus, if you're not sure, and if you just really haven't made that decision, I want you to know something. It's not about a continuum in your life of good or bad. I mean, everybody knows that good is good and bad is bad. It's not about that, though. It's way more powerful than that. To be a follower of Jesus means I was dead and now I'm alive. It means I was lost and now I'm found. It means I was in darkness and now it's all lit up. And what I'm saying to you on behalf of Jesus, if you're not certain, I'm inviting you right now. Join the family. Come on. Can't wait to have you. Let's do this together. I have two scattering assignments for you. Two ways that I want you to scatter. Two ways I want you to invest and invite. They go like this. 
One of them is, I want you to work to restore broken relationships. Say it again. Work to restore broken relationships. And what I mean by that is this. There's forgiveness. That's Ava. Was Ava talking? Did she like what I was saying, Tommy? <laughs> forgiveness is the first step. And there are some relationships that simply can't get to restoration because you need love and truth. And you know there's some relationships where trust is just not going to happen and you can't keep moving forward. But there's some brokenness in a relationship in your life. And I want you to, to humble yourself. I want you to set aside your opinions. I want you to put aside your what, whatever it is. I want you to forgive. And then I want you to take steps to restore the relationship. You know why? Because that's what light does. And guess what? You know how you're going to be the light of the world? If you are a person that gets to be, if people see that you're working in humility to restore a relationship, guess what? They're going to notice and they're going to want in on it. So the ordinary everyday ways that we can be Jesus light in the world, one of them is that. It's working to restore broken relationships. Begin with forgiveness and then if you can, through love and truth, rebuild trust. And it's going to take humility. But man, right now in your mind, you know somebody who's doing it. Maybe somebody did that to you and they took the lead. Maybe you're in the process right now of restoring some brokenness and, and you, want, you need a little boost. You just got it. The wattage just went up. The one other thing I want you to do, that's, that's a relationship thing. The next one is also, but it's this. I want you to knock yourself out in your job. Give great effort. Do it the best you can do it. And while you're doing it that way, be humble. Be compassionate. Be relational. There are two men whose names I want to mention now, Ralph Dell, Lewis Hill. Both of them happen to be attorneys. Here's what was true of Ralph and Lewis, who, on whose shoulders you stand. Ralph and Lewis were at, known as excellent lawyers. But you know what they were also known for, maybe even more? Unbelievable generosity, kindness, thoughtfulness. And the way they did their job, both for pay and pro bono. And people knew that they were a part of First Presbyterian Church. You know how they knew? Because Ralph and Lewis told them. They talked about their engagement in faith. They gave unbelievable effort in their work and I promise you this if you work really hard and you maximize your skills and talents and you do it with relational integrity and you're passionate and you're friendly and you care about people as you make your way I promise you friends they're going to notice you're going to be a light in the world and guess what there's a lot of people out there just stomping on each other trying to get ahead and you will stand out like light in a dark place I hope you're jazzed about this I hope you're excited. I hope you came in here. Maybe you didn't even know you were light. And I hope you now know that you've got something to do right now out there in this world. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. 
And then he said, you and I are the light. God is building a family, and it's a family that stands the test of time, and God wants his family to gather, and then God wants his family to scatter and invest and invite, and he wants us to gather again over and over and over again. It's a natural rhythm. That's what we've been called to do today. I'm going to pray for us, and then I'm going to remind us of a couple of details about what's happening next. Please pray with me. Gracious God, we, we, are deep, we can't take any credit for any of it. Everything about who we are spiritually, it's because of people who gave to us. They invested in us. They invited us into a relationship with you. They invited us into groups. They invited us into worship. They invited us to be on ministry teams. They invited us to serve. They invited us to their house to play golf with them, to have a barbecue, to watch football. They befriended us. And the next thing we knew, gracious God, we were people who could invite others. We don't want to hide it. It makes no sense to hide it. In fact, we, we're so excited to run out this door and love people really well in ordinary ways. Thank you, gracious God, that all these strong shoulders have borne up the weight of me, of us. We thank you that you're going to keep moving because you build families that stand the test of time. And that's what it means to be a member of the church of Jesus Christ. So thank you for this family. Thank you for the way you've loved us. Thank you for the fact that we get to be people who care for each other, who connect with each other, and who connect and reflect your glory. All this in the name of Jesus, who loves us really well. Amen. Okay, friends, here's what I'm going to remind you of. First thing we're going to do is, well, let me say it with the things we're doing. The band is going to sing a little bit, and then we're going to rush the stage and take a picture, and then there's, the doors are going to open, and you're going to grab food and come back in here and spill it all over the place. But notice the banners on the wall. We want, it, you're going to be moved to tears when you start reading what people have written. Forward in faith over here, grateful over here. Write anything you want to, as large or as small as you can. Did I get it all? Is that it? My good friends, you are the light of the world. Let's go out there and light it up. What do you say?